Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Riverfront. This is episode number four hundred and twenty-four of uh, I don't know this uh, not even mildly dangerous uh, podcast. I'm your host Chad Dotson. Right next to me, there you can see uh, your friend and mine, Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate? I'm fantastic. Not much to complain about here in Resland these days, and I'm excited to be here and talk a little baseball with two distinguished gentlemen such as yourselves. Well, there's one of us that's uh, distinguished, and uh, it's not me. And I could not be more thrilled uh, than to have uh, our old friend back on the show. Uh, Jason Linden has been on the show as often as anyone other than me, I guess, probably over the years. And thrilled to have uh, Jason back with us to discuss uh, a topic that's near and dear to his heart. But first, Jason, welcome back. Good to see you again, buddy. Think that it's uh it's good to be here though. I will note in as a note of protest, I think you're the only one here old enough to be distinguished. <laughs> Extinguished, I think. Extinguished almost. I'm closer to that. I love it. Uh yeah, that's true. I am uh I'm the distinguished gentleman here, I guess. But um so good week for the Reds, actually. Every week we come on the show and we talk uh, bad things and all of a sudden the Reds win two series in a row. And as of right now, they're winning again tonight against uh, Pittsburgh. And so um so far, bullpen hasn't got a chance yet to to do anything. But um, as awful as the season has been, pretty much since day one. And Jason, I'll just I'll kick us to you first. Um, even when they're playing awful and you know they have no chance really, it uh, it's still fun for whatever reason to watch them win series. I still I still enjoy it. I guess I don't know why. And I mean, if they're playing, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I watched an inning for a couple of weeks there. Um, but you know, they win a couple of games. It's like, oh, okay. They're, they're a real baseball team now. Again, time to pay a little bit of attention. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been nice to see them win a couple of series. It's been nice. I I just said to my wife that like you pull up the, the in-game box score and all of the batting averages look like they should look for about this point in the season now, which is not a nice change of pace. It's not a bunch (laughs) you know, one forties and oh, 95s and that kind of thing. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's about time. You know, uh, two two out of three versus the Pirates, and then uh, two out of three versus the Milwaukee Brewers. A couple of those games were ugly, uh, but they were wins, and um, and the offense started to uh, to show up a little bit. And so the Reds, with that uh, wonderful four wins in six games, now are seven and twenty four. On the you could have let, let that part hey, out. I heard that we're only two games behind the Tigers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So we're making our way closer to 29th. 29th. <laughs> Nate, uh, I, I'm going to uh, kick this to you to talk about the single most exciting part about recent days, which is this uh, young catcher that came off the injured list and is just unbelievable. What's that guy's name? Uh, Jeez. Aramis Garcia. Aramis Garcia. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tyler Stevenson, who I think I have tried to become the charter member of his fan club, trying to uh, initiate a bromance over the interwebs. This guy's the real deal. Um, as we're talking about this, he just hit a solo home run a couple minutes ago to put the Reds up 2-0. He had the other RBI also. I think we all were pretty optimistic about uh, about Tyler Stevenson going into this year, but he has just made it look like, I mean, don't get me wrong, Tucker Barnhart's fantastic, but if he was eating into Tyler Stevenson at bats, then that's an issue. This guy has been electric. Well, you know, I don't want to go too insane about what he's doing because, I mean, yes, he is hitting, what is it now, three 344, 1,037 OPS. Uh, but now we are just talking about 70 plate appearances. But still, it's not like this is a guy who 
it's not like a, a Kyle Farmer getting hot for a month and everybody thinking, oh, he's great again. This is a guy who, when he's been healthy since day one, he's a former first-round pick, and he's just uh, – and I've been saying – I said it all last year. He'll he'll make more all-star teams than, than Jonathan India will. Not that I don't like Jonathan India, but, uh, wow, he just looks like a fully formed hitter already, and it's uh, it's kind of amazing to watch. Jason, do you have any thoughts on Tyler? I mean, he, he has an awfully pretty swing. Like, you know, that is – <clears throat> and he started to show up on some list I've noticed on, on social media. He's getting into that. How many catchers around baseball have done what he's done mm-hmm. kind of things getting, getting tweeted out. And it's just, it's nice. You know, I mean, he hasn't had that many plate appearances at the major league level yet, but he's had enough now that we, we really start to feel like we've got somebody, um, you know, who's, who's going to, you know, maybe the, maybe he'll be what we always hoped Devin would be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we'll say. I was, I was telling Chad that uh, Tyler Stevenson's swing, he swings the way that we talk about Hunter Green's fastball. It's just effortless yeah. and pure. Especially for a righty. Righties don't usually have swings that are that pretty. He has a very pretty swing for a righty. His approach is incredible. He sprays the ball up you know, all over the field. That awesome gap power. He's, man, I'm pumped. <laughs> Yeah, we all know he's a handsome man. Absolutely date my daughter if I have one. Like I'm not just I'm ready for it. I'm all in. Wow. Wow. Okay. Slow your roll there, Chief. Okay. <laughs> Getting a little excited there. No, it's just it's uh it's fun to watch. And the Devin Miserocco comparison is interesting. Not because they're similar players necessarily, but Miserocco, uh, you know, a high draft pick who uh, made an all-star team, had one of the best individual single seasons as a Reds ca- for any Reds catcher, not named Johnny Bench, and, of course, injuries uh, stole his career. But, yeah, so maybe this is sort of what we expected out of Devin Miserocco is this, uh, you know, 10 years of being one of the best catchers in the league, and I think he could have done that if he'd have stayed healthy. And with Stevenson, again, it's going to be health, uh, you know, uh, knock on wood, but uh, he has every opportunity to be that. He's just – I, I, I don't know what other superlatives we can use. He's 25, so he's still young. And again, I just I think he's fully formed and love the guy. I mean, as of this recording, I think he's first or second pretty much every major offensive statistic uh, for for catchers league wide. Um, he's top fifteen in most of them through all position players. Um, yeah, small step size caveats, but I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I should have mentioned this earlier, but. Uh, Joey Gaditza had our first uh, viewer mail question of the night. Um, well, God, it's this actually one... viewer mail now too, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Our faces on things just just so you could win that argument. Oh, I was why you, yeah. That's why you pivoted to video, Chad? It is. Hate... I couldn't stand it. Yeah, I hate when you're right. I hate when you're correct about anything. So I had to I had to pivot. Oh, we were going to. Someone later on during the the viewer mail did make a point to uh, call it listener mail. For, for your benefit, so because <laughs> they, I, I told you, that's right. Yes, the, the OGs. But uh, one came from Joey Gaditza, and we've already really answered it. But hey, guys, how good is Tyler Stevenson? We all agreed he does, he'd emerge as a leader on this team, and he has delivered. So yeah, we already talked about how good he is. But then uh, I do know that Nate, you found a an old clip of uh, of Tyler Stevenson. Where did you find that? I don't know how I stumbled on it. I was just Googling like Tyler Stevenson's stats. Oh, no, I was on his Wikipedia page, and it said in personal info, it had the only thing it mentioned was this going viral for this bat flip in 2015. I was like, if I couldn't like this guy any more than I do, let's see this. 
So he's like in high school, and Nate, you need to tweet it out, uh, or we'll try to tweet it out on the Red Leg uh, or the uh, Riverfront yeah. account. Um, and it's just, I guess, in high school, and this epic bat flip. So that's that's how perfect he is. He even does a great bat flip. A um, couple other big uh, things this week to discuss before we get into the topic of the show, uh, which you might, are, if you have seen Jason's shirt down there, uh, you might have already suspected what that might be. There we go. Um, <laughs> two other people I want to mention. Number one, Luis Castillo back this week. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned that I like Luis Castillo. Uh, looked, looked pretty good in his, uh, in his debut. Um, How nice is it to have a pitcher come out and just, just know that it's going to be okay? <laughs> like, like, I mean, I, I love the young kids and I'm excited for them to come into whatever, but oof. <clears throat> sometimes yeah. learning is hard. <laughs> yeah. it's, sometimes it's good to have somebody out there who doesn't have to learn. They already know. Right. And I thought we had another guy, Tyler Malley, who's not been that this year. And so yeah. we've really had no one since day one here that wasn't kind of in that uh, learning process. So, yeah, Luis Castillo goes out on the mound and he wasn't perfect in his uh, season debut, but he was good enough. And uh, it's just he, he looked fantastic. The changeup still looks great. And so happy to see Luis Castillo back. Um, the other th- guy I think we probably should mention because we've taken our uh, hacks at him on this uh, show uh, uh, over the past little bit. Mike Moustakis, since uh, April, since April 28th, which I think is when he came off the injured list, he went back on for like one day in, in the meantime. But um, 365 batting average, 469 on base, 561 slugging. Um, that'll do. It's literally the, the first, and we're talking two weeks here or something, not even quite two weeks, but um, it's the first two weeks that he's been good as a red, basically. So that's something, right? Yeah. I mean, I think if you, if we went back, we could probably find a stretch where he was <clears throat> okay, but yeah. Um, Nate, did you notice how he, uh, Jason could not just say I was right about something. He had to <laughs> contradict me just a little bit there. I mean, have you gone and looked at every two week span since he's been a red chat? Have <laughs> See, you? This have is, you? This no, is... you haven't. You forget oh. that I'm a teacher and I need you to cite your sources. <laughs> Listen, it's the end of the year. Do you know how many papers I'm grading right now? Do you? I do, do not mess with this man. Yes, but I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I regret already uh, that I've been pushing him to, to come back on the show. I already regret. Come back, Jason. Come back. Fine, <laughs> Never back again. Well, my uh, my stance is feelings, no facts. I will not fact check anything I say. Um, and I've said plenty of harsh things about Mike Moustakis since joining the show. But my goodness, um, he's he's just been knocking the cover off the ball. It's weird because I've never seen a hitter pull out. Like he swings at the ball and his head, his entire body is over in the first base dugout. I don't understand. Like he's everything I was ever taught about the baseball swing it's like he does something different but when it's clicking man he just he finds a way to put the barrel on it and he has not clicked very often but he is right now plus he's an elite athlete big time jersey model <laughs> ah let's leave him alone he's playing well and, and as a matter of fact it's been a big Love key it. to what has been going on with the uh, with the reds uh, in recent days and these, you know, four wins in six games, which is uh, terribly exciting, frankly, given what we've had to watch before. So, uh, you know, him and, and, and then Tyler Stevenson hit behind him. That's been a big reason the Reds have put runs on the board. So kudos to them. Uh, can we talk about a guy who was not in the uh, lineup uh, right now? 
He is currently on the IL. It's a guy named Joseph Daniel Votto. Now, let me just a little background here. I mentioned it briefly here on the show, I think, but uh, you know, I wrote a, a feature piece for uh, the print print magazine, Cincinnati Magazine, about Joey Votto, and uh, they actually pitched it to me. Hey, let's write something. About, we want something about baseball for the uh, for opening day. So why not Votto? I said, okay. And then they kept pushing me to to make it. You know, I was just going to be why Joey Votto is great. You know, something like that. Um, and they kept pushing me to take a make a hot take, basically. And so the title ended up being Joey, Why Joey Votto is the Greatest Red of All Time. Now, I tried to make the case in the piece, okay? And I think you can make the argument, actually. I, I You know, I, I think I got close to it. I'm not sure I quite believe it, but it was in the most recent Cincinnati Magazine, but it will be, by the time you uh, watch or listen to this episode, it will be live on the uh, on the interwebs at CincinnatiMagazine.com. And uh, go take a look at it and... Uh, uh, you know, give me, give me your feedback as long as you're kind and, um, you know, tell me whether I came close to making the case. Now, Jason, you've been, uh, notorious for, uh, coffee and Vado is my, one of my favorite ongoing, uh, you know, gags on Twitter where Joey just, or Jason in the morning, just, you know, talks about Joey for a little while. And so I thought for sure this, this, uh, idea with talking about Vado for this episode would appeal to you. Why don't you just tell us your thoughts on Joey Votto? Well, you know, if there's ground worth trotting multiple times, it is this. Um, you know, I think that, and and I've been kind of making the case for years on this show, on, you know, various websites and on Twitter and such, um, that he is, I think, I don't think there's really much argument that he's the greatest hit, hitter in Reds history. He just is. Um, you know, whether or not where he ranks in terms of player, I mean, that kind of depends on what you think about defense um, and how much you pay attention. Cause all of the other guys in the conversation play premium defensive positions and he didn't. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, the most remarkable thing to me, um, and I don't know, it's been, it's been a long time since I've been on. So I don't, I wasn't on, was I on at all last season? I don't know that I was. I don't know that we've talked any, um, in any case. I don't remember. The most remarkable thing to me in his, honestly, in his entire career is what he did last season. That, I mean, I was at the point where I was like, okay, we're late thirties. He's solid. You know, he's, he's a little bit above average. That's fine. That's what you expect from him. And then he's like, you know what? My old approach isn't working. So I'm just going to hit home runs now. And what is he? He's elite again. Like, is he top of his game prime, Joey Bottom? No, he's not. Like, the overall numbers aren't there. But he's, you know, now once again in the conversation for the best first baseman in the league, which he wasn't for a year and a half or so. And to, to be able to do that is just remarkable. I mean, you know, we, and it really, I think, showcases something that maybe doesn't get talked about enough. And, you know, you kind of made a joke about, Mustakis earlier being an, an elite athlete, but it is easy to forget sometimes that everybody on the team is an elite athlete. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Joey gets talked about so Absolutely. much for his brain, right? For thinking his way into being how good he was, which he absolutely did. But then <clears throat> when he couldn't, you know, that process wasn't getting it done anymore. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to stand up s straight and knock the cover off the ball every time. 
which I guess you kind of knew he could probably do, but thinking somebody can do it and then seeing them do it is just incredibly remarkable, especially at, at his age and where he is in his career. It was just, frankly, wonderful and, and, and shocking uh, to, to see. And I really think it solidifies <clears throat> his cases for sure. Is I don't think anybody can argue really about greatest hitter of all time. And boy, if he, you know, when he comes back, which he was uh, on Instagram showing rehab <clears throat> clips earlier. So I think that's on the horizon. Um, you know, if he manages for these next two seasons to, to carry out the hitting, excuse me for a second, <coughs> Kentucky in the spring. Yeah, um, I Then I think he might actually really start to be in the conversation for, for greatest player ever. Um, you know, especially when we talk about playing his whole career for the Reds and and, and that kind of thing. I, it's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, I can quote Joey Votto stats for, for days and days and days, as you know, but I just, what he's done the last, you know, season and a bit just is amazing to me. Just completely remarkable. Yeah, the 100%. And, and uh, Nate, I want you in just a moment to uh, wax poetic about Joey as well, but I just have to say that what, what you're saying is exactly why I felt like I could make the case um, as best player in Reds history because of what he did last year. And, yeah, some people are going to say, all right, he's awful so far this year. And, yep, he has been bad in his 90 plate appearances this year. Um, but I have, I'm have i long past the point where I'm, where I'm ever going to doubt Joey Votto. So he gets the benefit of the doubt. Nate, what do you think? I think that if Tyler Stevenson can uh, marry my hypothetical daughter, then Joey Votto can marry my hypothetical sister. Um, I don't think it's any secret how much we love the guy around here. The conversation is, is he the greatest red? Um, and I think, you know, there's arguments to be made for a handful of players, but the fact that he was with the reds his entire career, I think that puts him above the likes of Joe Morgan, who's barely in the top 25 for games played as a red. Um, what you guys just mentioned, I mean, just, you would have considered him sort of a, stubborn player he's like it's my way i'm successful at hitting because i do it this way and i learned it from ted williams i learned it from all the greats by studying and i'm not going to change for anybody and then just to wake up one day i'm sure it wasn't one day but and just say huh maybe this thing that i have been trying to perfect for the last 15 years is no longer going to work for me i should change the entire approach and then become a lead at it that quickly is one of the most impressive things I remember seeing on a baseball field. Um, I think that if we can get a, you know, a healthy rest of this season and hopefully a healthy uh, 2023 and he just passes those stats a little bit, it's going to make your argument look pretty solid. Well, I'll say this, what uh, was interesting to me, you know, and I got a chance to talk to uh, Votto for the, for the piece, interview him. And, he was he really deflected any of this talk about best uh, or you know I asked him what his thoughts were about being mentioned in the same name as or the same paragraph as as Morgan and Bench and and Robinson and uh, and he was very very you know he was honored to be mentioned with those names and he was um you know uh very complimentary of all those players but he made a point every time I tried to redirect it that way to say but I'm not finished that's why we can't have this conversation yet I'm not finished and I don't believe he's finished. Uh, and Jason, I presume you don't uh, either. No, I really don't. I, I'm I'm really hoping that as we get to kind of the end of next season that we're looking at him breaking Bench's home run record. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, and I think it would be really cool for him to be the first, the first player to hit 400 home runs in a Reds uniform. Um, I think that's possible, you know. Um, <clears throat> what I think will be really interesting, like incredibly interesting, that this would take us down a different path that we might not want to go on today, would be to see if he hits this year or next year like he hit last year, and then the question of the option comes into play. <clears throat> what does is there any do? Yeah, is there any chance the Castellini will pick up that option? They wouldn't pick up Wade Miley's or Tucker Barnhart's, but Joey Votto's well, not Wade Miley or Tucker Barnhart. Well, do you pick it up if it's a circumstance where he's, say, two homers away from bench or where he's a couple away from 400? Like, you know, what do you do? Yeah, they might be able to market that. What do you think, Nate? What do they do? Yeah, if they want to get back in the fans' good graces, they say, listen, Joey, we'll give you one-year deals as long as as you want them. A couple caveats in there, yeah. OPS plus goes below a hundred, then okay, we get to we get to talk, we get to get back and sit across from each other at the table. But I don't want to talk about the other side of the coin because if Joey Votto puts on another uniform, I'm gonna go take a cold shower with my clothes on. It's gonna be terrible. Well, that's that's actually something I wanted to ask both of you about. Um, as bad as the Reds are right now, I, it it feels like it feels like they've done a disservice to Joey. And, oh, I agree. Uh, and and so would would it kill you to see Joey Votto playing for another team but get a chance to play in the World Series? Me no, he, I would be happy for him. I would just be a fan of that team until Joey retired. Like he would have to play in the World Series for it to be okay with me though. If they trade him to like, some, you know, wild card contender who loses I, in a play in game I, or something. I would love to see him go get 500 plate appearances with Toronto. I mean, that team is so fun and so exciting. They and it's still fun. on the East Coast, so I could watch them easily. Uh, and it's his hometown team. I mean, what a story it would be. <clears throat> yeah. What if he comes back from the IL and leads a 36-game winning streak and the Reds win the World <laughs> Series? Now you're talking my language. <laughs> so we just won two series in a row. Anything can happen. What what's the what's the record? Is it is, is did the A's get twenty two or whatever it was in a row? That sounds right. To me. The mo- the Moneyball A's, yeah, twenty one something. Would that get us back to five hundred? <laughs> if they win the next seventeen games, they'll be at five hundred. Okay, well, there we go then. Go on A streak; they're above five hundred and probably went leading the uh, Central. First, we passed the Pirates and the Cubs, one step at a time. But no, I wouldn't. I mean, uh, honestly, I definitely had moments of hoping the Reds would just go ahead and trade Joey. Um, because I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess we can, you know, talk about fairness and it's not like he's not being fairly compensated or, you know, and, and so on and so forth. But at this point in his career, there's more to it than that. And, you know, I know you all have, have, have talked about it. I'm not going to go down the, the ownership rabbit hole. But, I mean, for somebody who is, you know, the reason that a generation of Reds fans have had to watch the team to go from being fairly competitive to just fire selling like that on that guy is just, it's just inexcusable. As close, as close as they were to being able to put a, a really, really competitive team on the, on the field, because you're right. Think about those, uh, Jason, we talked about it every week or two. 
uh, back during those 90 lost seasons. You know, yeah. we were constantly talking about, well, if nothing else, we've got Joey Votto to yeah. cherish every day. And, and some years, that was the only thing we had. And they couldn't do it. Uh, and you're right. They, they've paid him. It's not like he's not been compensated for being here. But uh, just when you're so close and he's at the end of the end of the rope, maybe try to win just to give that guy something, you know, a, a, a feather in his uh, cap. And, I mean, he's so, like – especially this year, but he's always been this way. I, you know, I think the people who are surprised by social media presence just haven't been paying attention. Um, but he's so easy to market. And how easy would it be to to throw out a, like, win for Joey, win one for Joey yeah. campaign? Like, you know, right. I mean, my God. But, again, the Reds, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, are the Reds. The Reds couldn't market beer in Germany. <laughs> yeah you know they, I'm, I'm, I'm go ahead nate so they proved they couldn't sell uh three dollar beers and two dollar hot dogs in cincinnati <laughs> did, did you, you see, see that, that? three dollar beer two dollar hot dog night and they ran out by the fourth inning i mean come on guys it's just uh, and, and they couldn't have had i don't know what the attendance was but it wasn't that the attendance was not that great for that game but yeah you know i've, I've been boycotting uh castellini uh the reds uh under castellini until he's gone but if they'd have just said, you know what, we're going to make one last push. And even if I didn't agree with all the moves they made or, um, you know, because Nick Crawl is never going to get everything right. But they, And even if they didn't do everything I wanted them to do, but it was it was legitimately a push to win one for Joey. I think I'd be all in for that. I think I would be uh, right there at the Great American Ballpark once again. Oh, well. It's always the trade deadline. Well, I worry this year at the trade deadline that um, – I don't think Joey's going to be gone, but I guess we should talk about something else that was in the news this week. Actually, before we do that, Jason, any final thoughts about Joey, though? Because we, I, I did want us to spend some time just kind of cherishing him. And I used, in my, my piece, I used one of your favorite uh, stats because it's absolutely my all-time favorite stat. The guys who've led the league in on-base percentage as many times as Joey has. And it's, it's your inner circle, Ted Williams and yeah. you know, Barry Bonds. and um, You know, I, I think that <clears throat> that's the one, I think, Joey fact I can take credit for discovering. And I remember specifically, like, I was sitting in a coffee shop one day, and I was just looking at his stats, and I was like, "How many people have let, how many people have done that? That's a lot of black in the OBP column." And so I just pulled up Baseball Reference, and I just started looking, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this this legend was for actually it was for an article I think I wrote for Cincinnati Magazine, arguing that he was a Hall of Famer back when people were still marginal on that. A lot of people were, and I and I. And I found that. And yeah, I, I love that stat so much. And I, I think that, you know, one of the things that I would I would say is <clears throat> everybody who's had the privilege of watching Joey Votto's career, don't forget, don't forget that as good as he is now, he was better than that for a long, long time. Like that's how good he is, right? that he's like the best, you know, one of the two, one or two or three best first basemen in the league right now and still not even quite touching absolute peak Joey. Yeah, it was also true 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. the longevity is so ridiculous. Remarkable. I love well, that, you know, the knock on Joey for all those time was that he you know, took too many walks. He didn't knock any guys in. Third in team history in RBIs. I mean, yeah, and it's hard to, you know, 
you all know the argument. It's hard to knock guys <laughs> out when there's nobody on base. There's nobody on base. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he didn't have Mike Moustaka sitting in front of him all those years, uh, like Tyler Stevenson does. No, I just think uh, I was I, I was yeah, worried's not the right term, but when it looked like Joey might be starting that age-related decline in 2019 and uh, early 2020, I thought, well, you know, I'm, what's going to happen here is he he's going to not be good here towards the end of his career, and people will get mad about how much money he's making in, in combination with just I got recency bias, I guess. They would remember this Joey and kind of forget how special he was. And so if nothing else, that 2021 season, was uh, even if he didn't reach those heights, even I, uh, he's going to be way better than he's been so far this year. I have no doubt about that. But even if he doesn't reach the heights of last year again, it still reminded everyone, oh yeah, this guy is just different. He's made different. He uh, um, and and that was the season where I think everyone was like, okay, yeah, this guy's obviously a Hall of Famer. No question. He you know, took that uh, season. Uh, I, I think the last thing on Joey, and, and I think this was my favorite off-season, preseason quote, whatever. I can't remember which preview it was, but I was reading some season preview somewhere where they, you know, rank how rank first baseman across the league or whatever. And the Reds were pretty far down. And I was like, this is weird. So I was scrolling down and, and figuring out, you know, and they, you know, blah, 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 aging curve, so on and so forth. And they had a quote from a scout that was like, yeah, no, this ranking is stupid. We all know Joey's going to outperform his projection. Projection, <laughs> Like, come on. We all, we all know what's going to happen. So just rank him appropriately. He's Joey. Uh, kudos, Joey Vado. Always a favorite of this show. Okay, so Nate mentioned the trade deadline earlier. I don't think Joey will be tr- getting traded at the trade deadline, but Peter Gammons this week uh, dropped this uh, tidbit that the Reds are evidently um, still shopping Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley. And so uh, next viewer mail question, and these viewer mail questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash Cincy. Patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy, where you too can join the family. Jerry Saduth says, if the rumors are to be be believed and the Reds are shopping Castillo and Mali, what kind of return would be reasonable to expect? Well, here's what I would say. First of all, um, I fully believe that the Reds are shopping Castillo and and Mali. I have no doubt in my mind uh, that that's happening. Um, Should it be happening? No, but... Uh, I have no doubt that it actually it never stopped happening. Uh, in terms of what kind of return, okay, well, what kind of return will we get if we had a competent general manager? And what kind of return will we get with Nick Crawl pulling the trigger? Uh, two different questions. So I'm not even willing to guess how the depths that Crawl would uh, would drop to. But uh, either of you have any thoughts about Castillo, Malley potentially being traded? I think at least one of them, I've been saying this for a while, at least one of them are gone at the trade deadline. And uh, probably it's Luis Castillo is my guess. I don't know. What do you think? I think either of them getting traded has to yield at least one, possibly more than one, uh, top 100 prospect who is effectively big league ready, as in less than two years away from the big leagues. None, none of this like rookie league, A ball, none, none of those. Lottery guys. tickets. Yeah. Right. Especially because, and this is a thing I've started to kind of casually worry about in, in the deepest recesses of my mind we've got green and lodolo up now right yep so that window on them is open and with ownership behaving like it does right now if you're aiming to put together winning teams with them you can't trade for guys who are three four five years away 
Because if you do that, then by the time those guys are starting to be ready, then all the reds who are still bad are, are then shopping green and Lodolo and so on and so forth. So any guys that we get in trades at this point have to be of the uh, high floor, high ceiling type. I'm with you. Here's what 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 uh, what I, I I keep coming back to, which is that yes, Hunter Green is this uh, stud prospect and shows uh, every bit uh, you know of, of the potential. We're seeing every bit of it. Um, man, I want him to be emulating Luis Castillo. I want him to be emulating uh, you know that change up and the way Castillo. Uh, yeah, he, he he can be better than Castillo. Of course, that's saying a lot. I'm not going to predict that because Castillo is awfully darn good, but he could be better than Castillo. I, I like having him. I'd like the for Castillo to be able to kind of mentor him a little bit. I don't know. Nate, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I got a couple of thoughts. Uh, first off, it was nice of them to, uh, you know, defrost Peter Gammons out of his cryo chamber so he could send out <laughs> that tweet. Thanks for the brilliant insight. Um, yeah, they should. I, I won't say they should be shopping them around, but they should certainly be taking every single call. I mean, if you're the general manager, listen to what people have to say. But, uh, you know, come trade that line when people are getting a little desperate. That's sort of the time when these these moves need to you know, need to be made. I think that's kind of like what Jason was saying for Castillo. He means so much to this team. He, his attitude, his, his his flair. I think it's more than just the statistics. I think you need at least one real real blue chipper, MLB ready blue chipper, and then some uh, organizational depth. And I think you get a little more for him than than Mally. But even with Mally, like I said top one hundred prospect prospect at least, uh, maybe two of those. For Castillo and it's tough you know you don't want to see those guys go they could be cornerstones for a long time but knowing that this ownership isn't going to pay them I mean what do you want yeah did you sit on them and let them walk the way they did Wade Miley I don't know yeah yeah I don't know. I mean, I guess the, the question becomes when do they see themselves being competitive again and my guess is the answer that Castellini, Crawl, and company would give you to that question, uh, when will the Reds be competitive again, is long enough in the future that uh, keeping Castillo around probably doesn't make much sense if you can get something for him. I mean, um, if you trusted this front office to (laughs) properly manage this roster, then you'd have to say, yeah, well, okay, maybe you can make that case. I don't trust them. So, um, uh, But if you're going to trade them, trade them before, you know, while they're still valuable, Unlike what happened back in 2013 and 14 when you waited too long to trade some guys uh, and 15 waited for the all-star game and you didn't quite get as much for them as you could have. So oh, I don't want to talk about that. The Reds are only 17 games under 500. Why are we talking about stuff like the trade deadline? we got an exciting team to watch. What's the score now? Let's see here. It's two nothing. Good two nothing. All right. you know, we've, got, we've got some real talent in the organization, but most of it's just chilling at double A and below. I'm ready for the Matt McLean era. So if it's is it two years before the Reds might be that team that uh, you know that young team that sneaks in, if that's the case, you make a trade, you get some some AAA guys that are ready to come up soon. I don't know. I don't want it to happen. I would much rather keep Castillo and Mally, but we need some people that are uh, you know ready to play the big league soon. Some prospects in that range. So if they're going to do it, I think that's what they need to target. All right, so um, transactions from the week. Quickly, we'll run through some of these. Nicola Dolo was supposed to return, but uh, has a sore back, so he remains on the injured list. But 
supposedly was uh, throwing uh, on the field before the, today's game, uh, as was Jonathan Indy doing some pregame workouts. They should be back soon. Aristides Aquino's cleared waivers. Reds outrided him to Louisville. Um, the Reds called up uh, Joel Cunell and designated the uh, immortal Robert Duggar for assignment. So uh, we thought he was going to have the shortest Reds career ever. But, oh, yeah, he he, uh, he uh, cleared and went to AAA, and they brought him back up uh, today when the Reds put Lucas Sims on the injured list and optioned Dari Moretta to Louisville. So Robert Duggar and Jared Solomon return. I know you all are terribly excited to talk about all those, um, but maybe maybe not. Uh, Mike Miner went on a rehab assignment and looked pretty good in his first start, so first outing. Uh, Going to get at least one more down there. We might get him. He's a he's not a superstar, but he's a legitimate major league pitcher. And after watching Reaver San Martin ply his trade in the in the big leagues, I'd like to see a, a legitimate major league starting pitcher. So, any thoughts about any of that nonsense before we go to viewer mail? Um, I would just toss one thought in here. I, you know, I think we've kind of seen where Aquino is going to land. You know, he's, he kind of seems, unfortunately, to be a 4A player. But something that I've noticed, and, and part of this is just around the result of being around the Louisville team a bit down here, is that sometimes the Reds don't hold on to guys who would be good org guys. And Aquino, you know, is some, like a few years ago was Arnani Rabara, and who they really should, I mean, he should be coaching the system now. He was briefly. I don't think he is now, though. Um, and, you know, um, they had, was it Jermaine Curtis, who would have been a great guy to keep around. Aquino is that kind of guy. He has that kind of reputation. Um, and, you know, he's somebody who, if I were the Reds, I would want to keep him employed. And I would want him around my younger players coming up um, because he's so renowned for having a good attitude and being, frankly, very coachable. I mean, he's just running up against the limits of his abilities, probably. Um, but he's somebody I would try to, you know, entice into sticking around uh, as, as much as I can. Um, but And I agree with Chad. It'll be nice. The more major league pitchers we have in the rotation, the better. Um, yeah, you know, Aquino's uh, a, a, a 4A player, essentially. I mean, you know, he went back down to Louisville, hit home, took a couple of home runs pretty much immediately. I mean, uh, what I think should happen with Aristides Aquino is the Reds need to encourage him to grow a big bushy mustache, and he can become the next Corky Miller and just play for Louisville forever. Just keep him there and let him play his, out his career there, and then come up to Cincinnati occasionally if the Reds need a fifth outfielder at some point because of injury. That's that's what needs to happen. So, um, good vibes only towards Aristides Aquino. Hey, some breaking Let's news. Answer. The Reds just oh, had their uh, first pitcher of the 2022 season uh, go for six innings. Just as we all predicted. This is big news. I think uh, the stat I saw was the first team since 1893 to not have a starter go six through their first 30 games. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. The first time I I popped in to to check the score in whatever the first game was that Overton pitched for the Reds, I looked and I said, who? (laughs) <laughs> I missed that transaction. Yeah, I, I had completely missed that. I had. I'd missed the trans because they were busy being terrible, and who wants to pay attention? Right. Um, and, and now here he is, you know, with his, what, currently 162 ERA. All right. Third straight good start. I mean, oh, yeah. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, they had that the doubleheader that day, and the, the scheduled starters were Connor Overton and Robert Duggar. And I, and I was like, really? Is this – we're the worst team in the league. This is before the current, uh, you know, uh, run of 
vast success that we've seen four wins in six games. That um, that was at the very bottom of the barrel. And then Connor Overton came in and, and you know, he was, he pitched that first game and they got the win. And then they Reds completely punted on game two um, for reasons. But um, it was funny about that game too. Duggar was scheduled to start and then he didn't. And um, they had another reliever. Maybe it was Moretta started that game. I can't remember Moretta. who it was actually. Yeah. Yeah, and they asked David Bell after the game, well, you know, what's the deal there? He's like, well, we uh, we didn't have a starter. And I saw somebody point out that that they've known about this doubleheader for weeks, and they could not arrange to have an actual big league starter on the roster for that game. That is, and that's that's on Nick Crawl right there. That's just completely Nick Crawl. He popped on the broadcast a couple games ago, and had some comments and say, have I, you know, have we, have we done enough from the free agency and trade standpoint? Maybe not. <laughs> huh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. All right. Let's answer some, uh, some viewer mail questions if we could here. Uh, before we do though, we have a new member of the family. We have to assign a position Ooh. on the beer league softball team. John Alleman. I presume that's how to pronounce your name. John, John Alleman. Now, Nate, John wants a position on our beer league softball team, the Riverfront families, big, big beer league softball team. What, what, John Alleman, what does that sound like to you? Man, I'm going, I'm going power hitting third baseman. You ask me why? I have no idea. Feelings and no facts. <laughs> I was going to say first base, a lefty hitting first baseman, sort of in the Sean Casey mold is what I was thinking Ooh, for some well, reason. I don't know why, but. Uh, or, or, or you know who I'm actually I'm thinking of is uh, John Olerud is the name that uh, reminded me of. So so John is going to play first base. He's going to bat left hand. He's going to wear a helmet in the wear field. A helmet, yeah, I like it. Yeah. What do you think, Jason? You got any uh, objections? I mean, to- it's funny. I was thinking power hitting first baseman. I, but like like Bird. in the old school, like you know, two twenty batting average, but thirty eight homers. Okay, you know, I like this. Right. Like like Probably. the eighties. I uh, love it. Love big, it. All right. Big so jaw, that. Red man is in his exactly. jaw. You got it. You got it. Exactly. John, thank you so much for joining us uh, here on the show and uh, look forward to seeing you at our next uh, beer league softball game, which will be our first. Uh, first question comes again. The, all these questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfront First comes from Joseph Prince, who says this to, to begin his question, listener mail. Yeah, that was for you. He, he calls it listener mail, Jason. This is all your fault. I haven't heard those words on this show since probably the last time we were here. It's been glorious. But his I'll question is this. Who gets bring misery back into your house, Chad? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Who gets traded first is the question. Who gets traded first? Um, you know you know who I think? I, go ahead. If anybody wants to jump in, go see, ahead. I got a take for you. Tommy Pham. Oh, I didn't think that about was, him. That was my answer. One year deal. That's a, a one year well. deal. It's a low. He's clearly a rental. He's clearly looking to, you know, get paid this off season. He's getting his numbers. Somebody's going to want him down the stretch. Pick yeah. the very moment that somebody has a big injury in the outfield and he's playing well and go ahead and, you know, I, I was going to say something else, but that's, I agree with that. Nate, what do you think? Um, that would have been my number one choice. Number two is Brandon Drury. He keeps sitting the way he has been. I don't imagine that he was in their long-term plans. Yeah, well, none of these guys are in their long-term plans, except for, you know. Drury doesn't have any history, though. Like, Pham is a documented good player who is clearly in the wrong 
Stadium. First off, I will not accept this Brandon Drury slander with his 147 OPS plus. He's a <laughs> legend. He's maybe been He's good a- sometimes, occasionally. He had some moments with the Cubs, but yeah, I mean, it's not like Fam who uh, was close yeah. to being a star. Although I tell you this, uh, before the season, I talked with a buddy of mine. I'm going to admit now that I have a a friend who is a uh, uh, St. Louis Cardinals fan, and Ooh, uh, I know it's awful. And uh, I said, "What do you think about th- this Tommy Fam? I think that's a you know, it's not where I would have gone this off season, but after they sold everybody else and they were you know down to minimal options, I don't mind having Tommy Fam." And he was like, "Oh, I hate that guy." For some reason, certain Cardinals fans despise Tommy Pham. I don't know that's what it's about. That's a good sign, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's you mention it. In his corner. I want to yeah, sign him to an extension. Yeah. Keep liking so, him. Yeah, that's, I mean, strong facial yeah. hair game, playing pretty well. Cannot date my sister. <laughs> Fortunately, you only have brothers. So, can't date All right. Next me. question. <laughs> next question comes from Rich Thompson. Rich asks, is this current Reds team slash roster stacked with more less than memorable and unremarkable players than any 80s era Reds team or roster? Now, the Reds this year do have a bunch of guys that are future obscure former Reds. I mean, they're all over the place. Drury's going to end up being one of them probably. Colin Moran, although I like him a lot right now. Um, Jake Fraley, Aramis Garcia, Matt Reynolds. Who is that guy? Albert Almora. J.T. Riddle, the immortal J.T. Riddle. Let's not forget his uh, two games with the Reds. Um, and, of course, the whole bullpen. Um, and so that's that's pretty unremarkable. Man, you look at, like, the 1982 roster. Man, come on. This this isn't, this isn't the – I mean, this this is not a great team, but this is not the 80s teams. I mean, this, exactly. is, not, this is not the ghost of Mario Soto's arm and the ghost of Johnny Bench's knees and then whoever else you can – you know, convinced to come over from whatever bars next to the stadium to play. Yeah, yeah. As much as I kind of wanted to see this team beat the uh, Reds' all-time loss record, and they still might. You know, the 1982 team lost 101 games. They still might get there. <clears throat> but um, I just I can't see, especially once everyone gets healthy. This team is just not nearly it's like those teams to me. It's hard to imagine a team that features you know India Stevenson, Votto, Fam. Castillo, Mally, Minor. Like, that's not a team that's going to lose 100 games, barring something weird. And don't forget that we have Max Schrock coming off the DL about midway through the season. Exactly. Point taken. Point taken. Just pump that into my veins. Yeah, the starting rotation out to 82 actually had pretty good seasons that year, although, you know, a couple of them weren't that great now that I'm looking at it. This is the 1982 team that. Uh, lost 101 games, the most losses in Reds history. Soto, um, Mario Soto, one of my all-time favorite players. Bruce Barini, the immortal. Frank Pastore, and an aging Tom Seaver, who was not good that year um, at age 37. But uh, I just look at that roster. Dwayne Walker, Larry Bittner, Mike Vale, Tom Lawless, Dave Van Gorder, Raphael Landestoy. Go look at his 1984 Tops card if you want to see the uh, peak uh, uh, athletic uh, condition of a, of a baseball player. Raphael Landestoy, not the 84 tops. Michael Berry, little Clint Hurdle, gross. And of course, uh, Wayne Krenchicki. So, uh, Chad's favorite. Legend. (laughs) The legend. So, yeah, it's, Rich, this is not worse. Uh, But there are a lot, there are some, 
obscure former Reds. Uh, Connor Overton, frankly, is – I hope he continues to be the ace of the team, but – I, I do not hope that he continues to be the ace of the team, but I do hope he continues to pitch this well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, the way you phrase that is much better. Um, all right, next question comes from James Urban. Finally, a fun week of Reds baseball. No question. Just wanted to say that because, man, it was great. Yes. Go Reds. Yes. <laughs> can, I, can I just say this? I hate to do this, and I don't want to, you know um, – I don't want to, uh, you know, rain at the picnic here, but um, how sad is it that winning two out of three against the Pirates and uh, the Brewers are a good team, but that that feels like a, a world championship. And it, on Nate's whiteboard back there, it actually, I think he's called it a world championship. Um, should we, should we, should we feel sad about the fact that this is kind of fun? I think the whole point of baseball is for it to be fun. Yes. And when it stops, I, I put it on a tee for you, Jason. I put it on a tee for you. You've said this a million times here. I wanted when to it stops, to fun. Go do something. Like I said, where I didn't watch an inning for a couple of weeks, I was busy having fun, and watching baseball was not fun. Like, don't dedicate your time to something that makes you miserable. Exactly. And when they're playing off, and we're sitting here talking about them, we're trying as hard as we can just to laugh and have fun. Because again, if you can't find something something to laugh at or some way to have fun. It's really, you know, of course, I don't know if you're listening to Red's podcasts at the, uh, you know, when they were three and 24 or whatever, maybe you have a problem, but uh, yeah, but that's exactly what I was going to say, Jason. It, it, yes. Have fun. Enjoy every Red's victory because you know what? It, that was a good night to, you know, have a beer and watch a ball game. Nate. Yeah. We're fans at the end of the day. I mean, we, uh, we did a really good job of having a lot of laughs at least while they were playing horribly. But, man, at the end of the day, we are fans of the Cincinnati Reds, and when they're winning, life's better. They're winning right now, quite literally, and over the last week. Still winning right now? You got you got that on in front of you? I mean, they are got a two-run lead, and Heath Embry's on the mound. And they got – well, oh. they got second there. Oh, no, it just ended. I just got out of a jam. Well, still two-nothing. Yeah, I, I like when you said Heath Embry's on the mound, but but he wasn't on the mound for the Reds. That was a good thing. We didn't wait. A minute. We didn't acquire Heath Hembry, did we? Then I missed it. Who knows? <laughs> Straight up, Tommy Pham. <laughs> After I said that, I thought, "Uh oh, <laughs> we're going to wake up tomorrow morning and with the announcement that David Weathers is now our middle relief." Oh gosh, he just got Kevin out of that half so. He can be in when his son makes his debut. Noted Reds killer Heath Hembry, but he, but he killed him while playing for him. <laughs> right, exactly. We got to get that guy. Oh man! All right, uh, Hooper Powell. I predict that the Reds will end up with more wins than the Pirates. Do you see that happening? Well, uh, you know, at the moment, um, not including today's game, the Reds were two games behind the Pirates in the standings, I guess. Um, no, and so if they that. win tonight... Um, oh, yeah, I was looking for that. <laughs> you're right, you're right. The Cubs are two games behind the Pirates. I, I, uh, I forgot how to look at standings. The Reds are six and a half behind the uh, Pirates. Yikes. Uh, five and a half if they win tonight. But do we see the Reds overtaking the Pirates in the long run? So Mike Maybe Goldberg it's this the- year, as like as like a, a viewing fan, is overtake the Pirates, overtake the Cubs, and make a late season run to get somewhere near the Cardinals. Now it's going to require the Cardinals to flounder a bit, which I'm always rooting for. So the answer is yes, they are going to overtake the Pirates. I like I your mean- optimism. I think I think I, I think they could win more games than the Pirates. The Pirates are pretty 
terrible. I think the Pirates have played over their heads a little bit, and they're, you know, 13-7. and seven. So, Yeah, they're actively terrible. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and actually, when you want to talk about bad ownership, bad management, the Reds do not have it. We think we have it bad. Pirates fans really have it bad. They um, really do. Yeah, so I don't know if they will. Uh, but I, I like the idea that we get to September and we can uh, have a fake uh, fake standings where we're just focusing just on the Reds and the Pirates in the standings and the Reds trying to overtake them <laughs> down the stretch. That'll be our that'll be our playoff hunt. It's the race for third. Exactly. Oh, be so exciting. Um, all right, last question here, and uh, and we'll get out. Comes from our friend Seth Shaner. Seth says, "Today's my birthday. Happy birthday, Seth. Happy um, birthday. Says, do, you, do you think the Castellinis care?" No, no, we do. We do. I mean, care about their profit margins? Yes. Did you buy a ticket to today's game? If so, they care. Right. They would have cared. Actually, we I don't care care without your money. You know, I don't, I don't think they actually care about ticket sales. They've already made a profit based off the TV money this year. Would they like to have the place filled, the, uh, Gary Mecca Ballpark filled up? Yeah, because that's more money in their pockets, but they're not dependent on that, uh, as I've been saying for weeks and months. And um, that's why baseball is basically screwed up, uh, because there's no incentive for them to to care about you, the fan. And so, uh, so you should. What's the one, one incentive? Don't poop in the truck. <laughs> Still, the greatest thing that's happened in my lifetime as a Reds. Actually, we, we think it may have happened. I don't know. They, you know, um, they replaced the they truck. They changed the truck out. They replaced the truck out there. So, so somebody gonna, may have defecated. Back there. We're going to become wanna... a conspiracy pod, and this is our first one. <laughs> the truck got pooped on. <laughs> that Reddit post is still. Uh, I'm still laughing out loud about it. Oh man. Oh, the Reds. Jason, why are you still a fan of the Reds? Genetics. <laughs> we were born into yeah. it. You, we can't help it, right? Yeah, I didn't really have a choice in the matter. And then I then I went and married a Reds fan, and then when the Reds were good for a minute, my son bought in full full bore, and you know, there's just no other. There's nowhere else to go. If I'm gonna like baseball, it's gonna have to be the Reds. <laughs> That's there's the saddest thing I've ever heard anyone say. Where are you yeah, going to right? go? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. Your son, uh, I, I bet his favorite player is Jonathan India. Am I right? Uh, I think it's India's top three. It's uh, it's Votto is number one. Well, okay. Again, he was born into it. But he does. My son has his hair grown out long and likes to play second base. So Jonathan India is up there. And then uh, last year when he had a broken arm, Ty Steve signed his cast. So. It was the only person he would let sign his cast. Nobody else was allowed to. He got Tyler Stevens' signature, though, and it, the little piece of the cast is still cut up and sitting on a shelf upstairs. That's awesome. Amazing. See, those are the things Those are the things that a, a baseball player can do that he will never forget it. Tyler Stevens no, is going to be, be – Tyler. Like, every time every time Ty Steve comes up, he's like, what, what's he doing? What did he do? Yeah. You know, if he didn't see the game because he had to go to bed or whatever, what what Ty Steve do last night? That's probably the player he asks about the most. So yeah, I I, I guessed uh, I guessed uh, Jonathan India because you know everyone that I know that has uh, kids around the age uh, that your son is, um, 
I don't know. It's like Jonathan India is the guy these days. I bet they sell more of his jerseys than anyone uh, in, in Cincinnati. He's but. very fun to watch. I mean, he's. He, yeah. yeah. I can't wait to watch him. <laughs> yeah, please get on the field. Uh, Nate, you any final thoughts for us tonight? No, this is fun. Um, I think the big takeaways here, Tyler Stevenson is awesome, and hopefully we get to root for him as long as the other big takeaway, uh, Joey Votto. I mean, we're lucky to have had him in our lives as long as we have, and hopefully we get him for a little while longer. Uh, absolutely. Jason, any final thoughts about Joey Votto or anything else? Lucky to have him in our lives is the best description I've heard for what it's like to be even anywhere near the periphery of Joey Votto. Just that his light shines on us from any distance, like a faint and glowing star, you feel lucky. You know, oh. uh, it's absolutely true. And I don't know if I remember if I've said this here before, but the thing about Joey when I, you know, the, the really short interview I did with him, but, and fortunately I, the Reds work, I can't believe the Reds uh, worked that out, uh, media relations department, so that I can interview him. Uh, this was before the billboard. Um, but at the end, at the end of my conversation with, with, with Joey, um, you know, I thanked him for uh, taking his time. And he said, and he very sincerely, I thank you for taking time to talk, talk with me. I mean, it was just the most sincere thing. He's just, uh, he's just pure. And um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm glad that we are living in Joey Votto's world. Oh, now we need him to get back on the field and get back to being Joey Votto. It's coming. Sooner rather than later. It is coming. coming. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, guys, this was so much fun. Jason, thank you so much for coming back on. I'm going to keep bugging you. You're welcome anytime. Um, uh, I hope this isn't the last, your last gasp on uh, on the show because this was a blast. Oh, you'll probably get me around every now and again. I almost forgot how much fun it was to make fun of you. So, <laughs> <laughs> See, um, we have a long history of him mocking me mercilessly and i, I don't know why I, we're still friends um all right this is the riverfront episode number 424 i'm uh, chad dotson he's nate dotson that's jason linden you can subscribe to the uh, podcast wherever you get podcasts uh you know in on uh apple podcasts uh, spotify wherever you, if, if you listen to audio podcasts we're there we're also at youtube youtube.com slash riverfront sensi go there give us a like and smash the subscribe button okay smash that subscribe button and uh yeah you're not gonna want to miss an episode of this why would you it's amazing this is incredible content just glorious entertainment we're also on twitter instagram facebook um every place we are at riverfront Cincy. all right um gang loved it uh for nate dodson for our old buddy jason linden welcome back and for another old friend heath hembry this is chad dodson saying so long everyone